Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Welcome to Mock Footage. My name is Joseph Langlois, and this week we will be discussing The Phantom of the Opera. My name is Ray Giroso, and I am a prima donna. Okay, good to know. Also, you should know that I've never seen this movie, but we did uh, enlist the help of a guest. Welcome to the show, Amy. Hi, I'm Amy Terry, and at the top of my notebook, I have written in caps, don't cuss, say poop. Say poop. (laughs) (laughs) Don't cuss, say now, poop. <laughs> we do we do try to veer away from the scatological on this show as well, but I will take a poop over a cuss any day. Okay. I will also take a poop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Uh, we're in toilet humor territory. <laughs> um, Talk about this movie musical for me, Joe. Right, so I have to give you a plot of the movie that I've never seen. Both of you have seen it. I haven't. And the way that it goes is that there is um there is a uh, there's a woman no sorry there's a man who uh he he works at the theater he's like a stagehand and that's like his whole life he maybe he was an orphan or something and his the people that took him in worked in the theater they were famous mm-hmm. actors um and then they died tragically when he was like I don't know, 16, but so he just kept working at the, oh, you know what? They died in a fire and his face got scarred in that Mm. fire too. I know that. So then he has to wear a mask, like a half mask on his face. Um, And he continues to work at the theater. And then there's a woman who starts going to the theater uh, regularly and he sees her in the audience and he like forms this attachment. It's kind of like um, imprinting in Twilight. Oh, <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> we don't talk about that movie here. Not yet. Um, yeah, he just kind of forms this bond based on absolutely nothing. And then he like kidnaps her and um, he says like, I love you so much. I'm, we're going to be together forever. And she's really freaked out. And then for absolutely no reason she oh i guess stockholm syndrome she ends up falling for him and then that's <laughs> the end of the movie okay okay um i have a couple questions and i'm sure amy does too yeah um, well, how my... i feel like that was pretty perfectly explained but i, mean, <laughs> well, go on. I, I just I, I just have i need some clarification on some details here uh when does this movie take place sure uh this is like 1900s in france no england okay no, France. Okay. 1900s France. Okay. Yeah. Same as Aristocats. Yeah, it takes place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, um, so 1900s France. What did you think about Raoul's performance? Because I know you've seen it multiple times. Yeah, um, and Raoul's my, like, favorite guy. Uh, I just love him so much and uh, like the his his songs are so powerful that's the word that i would use Mm -hmm. to describe is what what does raul do i'm sorry uh he's a guard (laughs) 
<laughs> for the for the theater. <laughs> yeah, he's a theater guard. Okay. Um, and the does thing he play is that he's role? he's in love with the mask man. The mask oh. man does ah. have a name, but I don't. I can't. It's it's escaping me at this point. Yeah. Um. But Raul is a guard at the theater, and he's in love with the mask man. And I think also the girl who's named Elizabeth, because why not? Because why not? <laughs> um, she's in love with Raul, so it's this it's this love triangle at first. Mm-hmm. Okay, who ends up with who? Well, at the end, the mask man and Elizabeth end up together. Raul dies. Oh, Raul dies. How does he oh. die? Ha! Yeah, I think a sandbag falls on him. Oh no! That, yeah, that that fits as a theater. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's the that's I think the one of the most charming parts about this story is that it like part of the setting the setting is the theater and so like it's a play about plays and so it's this mm-hmm. weird you know I always like seeing that like when I see TV shows about TV shows and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah well, I'm glad you bring that up so I was wondering what you thought about the chandelier scene if we're talking about setting and place. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I said sandbag. It was a chandelier fell on Raul. Um, yeah. No, no, the I sandbag mean... also happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but well, what do you think about the chandelier scene? Well, um, okay, so is that when, that's when like one of the times when Elizabeth tries to escape, she she leaves whatever room she was tied up in and she realized she's up like way up high in the theater and she like jumps across the, scaffolding up there and she grabs yeah. a chandelier like yeah. a prop sham- chandelier she, she, to try she to swing across and then it it the, the rope on it breaks while she's going and she falls and luckily i mean she doesn't get crushed by the chandelier but she almost dies in that moment yeah yeah no it's very powerful it's it's very harrowing <laughs> i can't wait to to see that that iconic scene once again where elizabeth jumps on a chandelier and tries to escape from the the mask man the masked man uh, and falls and almost dies. Do you remember his name? I can't remember mm-hmm. his name. It's the masked man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? Hey, Joe. Um, what did you think of like the costumes for all the plays? For like the... what? What was your favorite costume? Well, yeah. What was your favorite? Uh, I. <laughs> um. There was one... so one of the plays that goes on within the play is about like flowers and fairies and pixies and stuff and like there's one uh woman who's dressed up in a giant like rosebud basically i mean just an enormous rose i'd wear that Uh, is her name wasn't her name rose also the character's name in the play was rose yeah from titanic yes (laughs) rose her name was rose and last name from titanic (laughs) (laughs) is there any antagonist in this movie in your eyes. Well, I think, I mean, I think the mask man is the antagonist, honestly. Like, uh, the story follows him, but he does the most harm to anyone. Um, He's and very I think, toxic and abusive. Right. And he sees Raul as an antagonist, but I don't think Raul ever really did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I, the fa- the mask man is also the phantom. Like, that's... That that is the Phantom of the Opera. It's okay. It's one the so same. there there isn't Does a second anyone... Phantom just hanging no. out like a ghost. Yeah. In no. There. Okay. Does anyone ever outright call him the Phantom? I think that there are or headlines about like... the Phantom as he starts to slink into this role, like of, and he starts to do more and more creepy stuff. 
Um, but they, because nobody, somehow nobody knows that the mask man who was working at the plays is also the. Turned into the phantom? He's got a cape. He's got a cape. and like, He's got a cape. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, like, people just see this black streak, like, flit, okay. flit around corners and stuff. And that's where the, the name, the phantom of the opera, comes from. <laughs> okay. So, like, in the, the little transition scene where, like, he's he's doing some creepy stuff and his rep- repertoire is rising, we see, like, a bunch of newspapers fall on top of each other with, like, headlines. Yeah. And, like, phantom, phantom strikes of, yeah. again. Exactly. 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 Yeah. It's like, the sandbag falls, phantom phantom of the opera was it the phantom (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah okay um what did you think about the opening sequence (laughs) um well i thought it was really cool and really inventive for the time because it's uh like this movie's black and white right like it's it's old um, mm-hmm. And so it does a lot of the things that old movies do, where like there's a there's a title sequence with all the actors' names and everything, um, and it, it is like headlines. We see newspapers falling in front of the camera, but instead of having headline, well, it'll say like the Phantom Strikes Again, and then beneath that it'll be like the actor's name or whatever. But they go in reverse order, so like the first one says the Phantom Strikes Again with like the actor who plays the Phantom, and then like chronologically the the headlines. Are, are backwards and are like they, new star elizabeth yeah shining like, on stage the last one that shows up is like uh huge fire takes takes lives of two precious actors or no it's probably probably before that like it's like actors adopt like beloved actors adopt new mm-hmm. child or whatever and yeah that's, how the, that's okay. how the story begins i thought it was really weird that they did that that in for all important plot points they didn't show us they just wanted to show us through a newspaper and they just did that over and over again yeah right <laughs> especially in the beginning to just kind of lay out the plot for us yeah. without yeah without, without actually any showing context. anything it's, yeah, yeah. They, they really did a tell don't show um I, I did want to ask, Joe, just for some clarification, when was this movie made? Because it takes this place one, in the 1900s. Right. This one was made in 19, uh, 1963. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So this... If it's the version. one I'm thinking of, which now now I'm just now remembering that before we started this, you all talked about how this is the 2004 version with Gerard Butler. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, which, that's... <laughs> fair he's a um, baby in this one <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a little baby he's a little baby child um okay so 1964 that's fine uh also the, known as the 2004 edition right um <laughs> well I they have... just they just colorized it in 2004 yeah <laughs> they, they remastered it yeah made gerard butler like they instead aged of having him a baby <laughs> they put his baby sorry, face on an adult who does Gerard Butler play? Raul. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, this is, in fact, a musical movie. I don't know if you knew that, folks. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's based off of the musical, based off of the novel. Um, what was your favorite musical performance sequence song? Um, it was Love, Love Flitters Away. Can you give me a, a couple bars? Yeah, I forgot uh, how it goes, even though it's my it's favorite. Every time, like it's it's a, just a like a compilation of 
not a compilation, but like just a, 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 um, a montage of of the masked man of the phantom watching Elizabeth at the plays like during the chorus. And then like when the verses end, he gets much sadder or that's the end of the chorus when he says love flares away. And that's when she's like leaving for the night. And that line particularly is just like, and love flitters away. (laughs) Okay. Uh, How could I forget that moving? It's because it happens so much that it becomes commonplace Mm -hmm. and it it becomes less special. But it is a very nice little tune. So many reprises. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's a a motif, you know, like it it just shows up over and over. It happens like five times in the movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think that about does it. Amy, do you have anything else before we we wrap up here? Yeah, uh, Joe, I I really want I really want to know what you think about all of the the symbolism. Um, oh with <laughs> <laughs> I really want I I want to know your thoughts on symbolism with um, the whole rose scene. Uh, now, <laughs> is this the? <laughs> Is this the woman who is dressed up as a giant rose, or are you talking about a different rose scene? Um, uh, you. I think you know exactly what scene I'm talking about. <laughs> it's the one you're thinking of. It's the one I'm thinking of, okay. Well, there is a different rose scene where... Um, oh, uh, it, it's when the masked man is still... Like, when he's originally meeting Elizabeth before she... Like, because she, she kind of doesn't really give him a second thought at first. Like, she's polite and cordial, but she doesn't, like, really think about him at all. And uh, after they meet two or three times, he gives her a rose, a single red rose. And she accepts it graciously, but when uh, when she does, it, it pricks her hand. The thorns pricks her hand, and she says, ow, like, and it hurts her. Um, but she keeps it anyway, and she says, this is beautiful. And then he goes on to, like, actually hurt her. And, I, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting yeah. parallel. That's, mm-hmm. that's symbolism. Yeah. If, if, if anything is symbolism, a rose with If a anything thorn. is symbolism, and that was, the, that was the, <laughs> the requirement of the question you asked. So I think I can stop sweating, maybe, and we can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's all stop sweating, because it is pretty hot out. Um, uh, Joe, what, what line stuck out to you the most? Um, in Phantom of the Opera 1964-2004 remastered edition. It's it's gotta be so it's gotta be Raul. It's it's like it's sad but it's also really funny when um he's on the stage like this is after hours he's, he's on the stage and he sees Elizabeth because she kind of like escapes over and over again throughout the movie. Um, mm-hmm. This is during one of her escape attempts and she is like getting away and she's like kind of sneaking and crawling and then the phantom is behind her like around a corner and he says look out and then the sandbag falls on him and he dies but <laughs> the line is just him saying look out okay yeah it's real deep look out in raul's climactic sequence mm-hmm. dies of a sandbag <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah, yeah right, the so... line itself isn't super powerful, but the context is really memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me. absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's actually go to the theater and take a popcorn break. Hopefully we don't get attacked by any malicious phantoms. 
yeah. Time Let's for some popcorn. some popcorn at the opera. Do you want butter? <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> The popcorn of the opera is here inside your ears. It's time for a popcorn break. Everybody, welcome to the popcorn break. This is the part of the show where I tell you about some other cool stuff that you might want to use your attention on. I'm giving you options, folks. I'm giving you exciting options of ways to spend your time, and that is going to be quantified this week by two other shows here on Lunar Light Studio, the first of which is Netflix and Kill. Netflix and Kill is a podcast for horror enthusiasts who are ready to plunge into the depths of Netflix. It's hosted by Kyla, Marty, and Hannah every other Tuesday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever else your podcasts might lurk in the shadows of the opera. May your nightmares be plentiful. That's what they want you to know. They want your nightmares to be plentiful, but in a fun, happy, not antagonistic at all way. Um, I feel like maybe on one of the episodes they had the Phantom of the Opera as a guest. I can't be sure. You'll just have to listen to every episode to find out whether or not that's true. The other show that we have on the dock today is Ending Pending. Ending Pending is a podcast where hosts Andy, Evan, and Ronnie discuss television shows that never got the ending they deserved because they only lasted for a single season. Ending Pending goes episode by episode to find out what's working, what's not working, and where it all went wrong. How did Marvel do such a bad job with the Inhumans? Is Selfie the best show ever made? And how come so many vampire shows get cancelled? New episodes every Wednesday on EndingPending.com and Lunar Light Studio. Both of these shows are really wonderful and have wonderful sets of hosts, so I urge you to go give them a listen. Check it out, listen to a few episodes, and allow yourself to be taken into their magnetic spells. Just like the Phantom of the Opera, I'm disappearing, I'm fading away, like the Phantom of the Opera. Okay, so, that was Phantom of the Opera 1964-2004 Remastered Edition, edition <laughs> with Gerard Butler. Joe, well... What what is the thing here? What were your initial thoughts? Um, I had a I had a good time, and there's a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed in this movie. But overall, I I just kept sighing. I was so tired. I was so tired <laughs> the whole time. I was, I was just like, "Come on, it's a long one," and they could have solved it quick. Yes, mm-hmm. like oh yeah, so like so every problem in this movie was caused by people inventing a problem and then believing it and then other people feeding into it as well yeah. like mm-hmm. like yes yeah. let's be dramatic oh this is so dramatic like like that's i guess the stakes are that high now and just artificially ramping up the stakes over and over again and it was so exhausting <laughs> yes uh, but it was entertaining it was entertaining uh amy would yeah. you like to give us a rundown before we continue yeah. of, of the plot? Yeah, so this is Phantom of the Opera. It's set in France. Joe was right. Wait, oh, did yeah. you change it to England? 
No, you went back I, to I France. I did France okay. and then England, then back to France. Okay. Um, it's, I don't know the year. I know it's 1918 for the present, but mm-hmm. the past, I don't remember what, it's in something like, in the 1800s. It was like 1880s, I think. Yeah, 1888, yeah. Like 30 years ago. Uh, set in an opera, there's the main character is Christine Daae, whose father is dead and used to be a really famous like flute player. Um, and she was basically raised an orphan at the opera house, which <laughs> another thing Joe kind of got right. Um, <laughs> uh huh. And so she's been training as a dancer her whole life there. And there's these new guys who now own the opera, and uh, the. There's there's a there's a prima donna lady I forgot her name Carlotta um, Carlotta who who she's the she's the main the main girl but then uh, sorry the, did you say the best character in the movie <laughs> <laughs> honestly she's so my annoying give it's me real. my puppy and, <laughs> like and I'm leaving now for real nothing more relatable <laughs> than just wanting a puppy and to hold it at all times right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but uh, the the phantom of the opera doesn't like her and drops a beam on her, and she's like, "I'm out." And so <laughs> they're like, <laughs> "So the opera people are like, what? We can't, we can't do a show except Christine is like, hey, I sing because of Angel taught me, and that's a normal thing that happens in life." <laughs> and <laughs> so she sings, and oh, also her her childhood sweetheart is also rich and is there and he's like he he didn't recognize her until she was on stage and was being hot this is bravo raul. This yeah is this raul. is raul this is raul raul this is, is the raul also one. hot here's the thing about the, sh- the the movie is that everybody's kind of hot everybody's hot um, everybody's hot in this movie every especially the phantom of the opera <laughs> uh, <laughs> Phantom of the Hot Opera. Mm. Yeah, no, no better way to say it. Um, yeah. So then, uh, the Phantom loves Christine and wants her to be the star, but the opera people, I guess, even though they don't really like Carlotta, are kind of like, um, we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight against this and resist. And then, so some people died, and mm. Christine. Oh yeah, Christine was taken to a basement with a mm-hmm. horse. And a and boat. A boat. <laughs> and a boat. And a light Any candle. form of travel. <laughs> and she saw herself, she saw a mannequin of herself in a wedding dress and she fainted. Yeah. And and then she woke up and she's like, that was a weird dream. And then she she's like, oh wait, I'm still here. And she takes off the mask of the phantom and he has, <laughs> his face is a little, is a little dirty. And, and uh, the, apparently that's a really bad deal. And... Uh, now he hates her, except he doesn't. He loves her, and yeah, th- this movie is a constant back and forth uh. of of her not doing what he wants, and then him saying, "Well, I hate you now. We're at war," and then yeah, in, yeah. in the very next scene, being like, "But do you love me now?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. So bad. It's... it's so bad. It's so toxic. Oh, uh, yeah, it's that's the rest of the movie, though. It <laughs> is, yeah, and more people die. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of songs not a were lot sung. of people die. Less okay, people died than I expected. Two people two died. Two people. A lot of people yeah. get very close to death. A lot of people get assaulted. A lot of people. I think that's the Phantom's like thing is like uh-huh. tying ropes around people's necks because yeah. he does it so much. Well, and that's because that's how that that was his first murder, right? That's how he was yeah. establishing them out. Yeah, that was his first murder. You're right. Good call. Oh, the Phantom's a 
Phantom's a murderer, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yes. Serial The murderer. Phantom murders all the people and also likes to bring them in traps and mazes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. I guess just exist in an opera house. Yeah. He made them. He's super extra. He's Don't so worry extra. about it. But that's the best part of the movie is that he's extra. Like, that's what makes it so fun. <laughs> the climax of the movie comes when he presents his new... Uh, play new perf- play performance and then they do it and it's weird and it's hot yeah and then him and christine hide in the basement and then raul goes after them and oh and the, the phantoms- chandelier falls <laughs> we forgot that's like kind of important now you might be wondering why why did they allow him to perform in the play don't worry don't know they didn't he attacked the the male lead when he went behind the scenes and then mm-hmm. took his place on the stage and everybody noticed but nobody yeah. did anything no did because any. the yeah. show must go on yeah mm-hmm. yep and he just held a finger in his, to his mouth like don't tell anybody don't tell anyone <laughs> <laughs> um Raul follows into the basement hell depths and the phantom gives Christine an ultimatum of either stay with me and love me and or Raul dies yeah and then Christine's like, kissy. And he's like, okay, you can go now. Yeah. And that's it! Yeah, that's it's movie! Like, that honestly was kind of believable to me, that, like, her being like, okay, I'll kiss kind you. Of, and yes. and yeah. then he, like, finally experiences that thing that he's been building up for probably a really gross amount of time. Because <laughs> he's been grooming her. Uh-huh. But, um, mm-hmm. like... That happened, and then all of a sudden, the weight of everything that he's done to get there kind of like you could see it like registering and yeah, like absolutely. Suddenly, all of the yep. drama was gone. Like all of the all of the the plot arcs had reached their conclusion. He's like, "What have I done?" Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was just disgusted with himself. Well, here's the thing: is that like he's lived in a play his whole life, and yeah. the part he thinks yep. he's supposed to play is being a monster. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. Christine, when when she kisses him, he realizes, like, first he realizes what love is because Christine loves Raul, and so she's literally sacrificing, like, her right. life just for him to live. And so he realizes, oh, well, I love Christine, and if I love her, then that means I should let her go. And also, if she can love me, even though I've been told I was super unlovable, then that means I don't have to be a monster, and I can right. change right now. And also, oh, poop, I've been a really bad person. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's that's Phantom of the Opera. There was music in it too. Ah, oh, the music is so good. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, just a little music. <laughs> yeah, there. Oh, just only, a little like, night one song. There's a yeah. There's one sort song of. and it never ends. <laughs> yeah, it's just one song. It's one continuous song, and they have their parts. It's like a twenty-part song. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the song, Joe? My favorite part of the song was the. Was when um they were reading the notes like the new yeah. managers got notes from the ph- phantom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Raul got yeah. a note from the phantom. Carlotta got a note from the phantom, and so did Madame Jury. And they just kept like trading notes and reading them to one another. And yeah, like I really liked that song because well, it was a really good musical song to me because it it clearly yep. conveyed plot and character motivations, and it like the rhymes were clever, um and like. <laughs> that's the only song in the movie that I felt that way about. Oh. Like, like oh. most, almost every song in the movie, in the musical, was like it's just like this long, flowery expression of some vague form of love. 
that doesn't really make a lot of sense, which is fine. But like, I feel I feel like it would have been more engaging as a musical or even just as a soundtrack than as a mm-hmm. movie. I feel like they didn't take there. There are certain advantages that you can take when transitioning something like this into a movie, and they really did not yeah. use much of that to their advantage at all. Yeah, right. I I definitely think that this movie it. It, like, took a musical, and the best thing they enhanced with that, I think, is the visuals. They made mm-hmm. it yeah. so beautiful and pretty, and the cinnamon topography. Are you kidding me? And yeah. the costumes, but also they did not do a good job of, like, actually making it a movie instead of a musical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's why I don't like this movie. I like the musical. And I think it- the, the climax, like... The, the scene with all three of them in the basement and all of the stuff that's going on between them is one of the most movie-like sequences in the movie, and it was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Like, yeah, it's But my it was also very too. musical yeah. to me. It was both, and it, yeah. it, it stood out. It yeah. stood out. Like, uh, Amy, you said that uh, after the chandelier scene, like, things go off, and it does, and that's the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's when... They're and the beginning of the movie is also very good before it becomes a musical. Like the yeah. whole the, oh, the yeah. auction scene. I love the auction scene. Yeah, I love the I love the super as soon as the chandelier turns on and then everything, like all the dust yeah. transitions it's away. So, good. so pretty. I love it. And so we're going awesome. back in time? Hmm. Yeah. Where have I heard that before? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and Joe, you were right about the whole thing being <laughs> black and white. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like, that's amazing Joe, that you got that. <laughs> Joe got a lot of things correct yeah. in this. Yeah. Um, there was orphans. There was a fire. There was there, a fire. <laughs> there were abusive relationships. I actually forgot um, about the fire. <laughs> until... I didn't. The fire is important. <laughs> um, well, the characters don't acknowledge it, really. <laughs> no, they don't. They're just like, we gotta kill the phantom. <laughs> yeah, I think there's... my biggest, like issue with this movie is that the so much of the plot revolves around the fact that the phantom has developed this attachment to christine and is in love with her. but it never once begins to explain why like right like you know he's been living in the opera his whole life madame jerry is the person that saved him from the life he had before and brought him to the opera and there have been you know, however many people that came in and out of the opera house, but for whatever reason, he fixated on Christine and that like there was no explanation given to that whatsoever. Yeah, I think I think it's because they basically in a way they kind of grew up together because they were both living alone in the opera house. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, but they didn't because like Christine is Madame Jury's like daughter, right? Like. Like essentially, Madame Jerry Gier- yeah. had to be old enough to adopt her before bringing her in, which means mm-hmm. that he is he is significantly older than her. Like you yeah. know, like he's yeah. Madame Jerry's yep. age, maybe a couple of years younger. Yup. So it's it's a little messed up. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's also Madame Madame Jerry. That's that's the one character that's like sort of a plot hole is because she's a witness to all of this and mm-hmm. she doesn't do anything she's until like, the end of the movie. He's a super genius. So yeah. that excuses all of his crimes. Yeah. And then also <laughs> no. a kind of like pooped up thing that she does is like towards the end when Raul's going down to save Christine, she says, and remember, keep your hand at the level of your eyes. Like, like, you know, he's not an actual monster, like right. just because he looks that way. So why would you say that? Like, yeah. 
Uh, it's a lot, like, there's a lot going on in this movie, and, uh There is a lot going on in this movie, but I love it so much because yeah. it's extra. It's so extra. Every so single, extra. every character is extra, and Ev- they yes. don't need to do things. Like this, like you said, like, it could have been resolved, like, immediately, but... <laughs> like, there's a man in the basement taking advantage of this young girl. Okay! <laughs> yeah. How about no? How about not that? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the sheer volume of gaslighting that goes on in this movie is. I love astounding. every single sigh you made whenever there was gaslighting involved. <laughs> it was so astounding. good. Uh huh. Hey, Christine. Uh, it's me, Raul. There's no phantom. Yeah. Are you sure oh. about that, bud? <laughs> like somebody just died, but. <laughs> Now that you've met me, the Phantom, and you know I'm real and not just an angel voice that has been teaching you how to sing for years and years, um, I'm gonna, and I've been unmasked to you, so you know I'm real, but I still want you to love me. So my my big plan is that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pretend that I'm your dad's ghost in the <laughs> graveyard. Was, yeah, that was mm-hmm. so messed up. Oh, Meg, my dad told me that he would send me an angel. When he died to, to watch over. Yeah, he promised. Yeah. He promised me. There's an angel here. There's, there's gotta the be an angel. angel's giving me music lessons. <laughs> it, Isn't it what was his All end this... goal there? What was the what was the next step? If she had walked into the mausoleum and he was in there, like I don't know. Oh, oh, it's you, the Phantom. I guess I'm in love with you. What do you think That's happens it? there, bud? That was the know. answer. I think he was hoping he would wear another mask that she wouldn't recognize <laughs> and then just get to start over on the whole angel thing again. <laughs> well, the thing is that Christine keeps going back and forth the whole yeah. time, right? And that's part of her arc yeah. yeah, and her struggle in this is that, yes, he is toxic and gaslighting her but also has helped her throughout stuff. Um, and, like, he cares, or she cares for him in a way, yeah. but not like that. And well, yeah. she can't. She, like, she has she doesn't know him for, for exactly. so much of her life. Yeah. And, yeah. And then suddenly, but he feels like he knows her. Right. And that they're in love. Because he's right. been watching her through a one-sided mirror in her <clears throat> room. In her room at night. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, um, he just has this hypnotic pull on her at first. Yes. And she finally, eventually breaks out of that. Yeah. Yes. It's, and that is very important. It is. And it's and it's like she's so attached to him. One, because she sees the good in people and she wants to see the good in him so bad. And also because right. it's kind of the only connection even though he's not connected whatsoever to her father because she thought he was an angel, like, it is mm-hmm. the one connection she has to right. her father. Right. And so she doesn't want to let that go. And that's, like, that's also just a wild coincidence, right? Like, my father promised me that there that there would be an angel of music after I died, or after he died, um, mm-hmm. and, and the angel of yeah. music would help me. And then also the, the phantom this... was there and was just singing... <laughs> And, just and terrible she was like, timing. oh, is that you, the angel of music my father promised me about? And he was like, yes, oh, yeah, that's me. me. <laughs> singing, 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 I am singing. the <laughs> angel of music. <laughs> uh, let me give you some music lessons. <laughs> um, speaking Goodness. of music, I do want to say one thing that one of my favorite things about this movie, specifically Gerard Butler, is his voice. Um, I... 
I learned a couple years ago that um, before this movie, Gerard Butler, like, had absolutely zero vocal lessons or experience in singing whatsoever. And yet, uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. and I think that adds, like, a perfect touch to his character because it's so kind of raw and, like, a little unhinged in a way. Yeah. I think it's yeah. it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, you can hear it. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. Yeah. It's beautiful. <sighs> Yeah, like, the whole movie and plot and setting and everything is, like, high drama. And beyond that, he, like, stands out as somebody who is extra by the by the standards of that universe. Yeah. Every time he Every waves time his he, cape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time he sets a trap because he can. Yeah. I want to. He makes cape. an entrance at the masquerade. <laughs> I know. And, like, yeah. that, it, like, both frustrates me and excites me because, like, the whole point of the masquerade is, like, an opportunity for him to blend in. And he's like, no, I'm here. No, now, I won't. And you know I'm who wear- I am. But I think that's great because he has to wear a mask, or at least he feels like he does for his whole life. And then he goes into the party where everyone's wearing masks and he's like, I'm wearing red. Everyone else is <laughs> yeah, wearing black exactly. and white. This is me. I, I am still going to be the person wearing the mask, the signifier that this is me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's cool. It's actually... Hey, perform this play that I made or else. <laughs> and then he throws it on the floor and it just mm-hmm. gets everywhere. And then he insults Ugh. every single cast member. Yep. Yeah. And and the owners. <laughs> yeah. And they have to pay him like $20,000 a year. Yeah. No, and a all month. He does, a month. Yeah, a month. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then he he doesn't do anything for them except break stuff and injure people. It's an extortion racket. It's, it's, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it is. It's a protection scheme. It's yeah. like, oh, we don't want anything bad to happen here, do we? Oh, we don't want you to have a little accident, do we? And then he, like, knocks over a piano. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, just, look what can happen. <laughs> oh, that's a nice chandelier, huh? It'd be a shame if something happened to it, holding a bat. Yeah, it is wild that that Madame Jury protected him through that. I know. And also, the previous owner also did. You know, and paid him. You know what would make sense to me is if Madame Jury was in love with him, like that. Like, yeah. if, if they had even shown that a little bit, I'm like, oh, I would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. They didn't have to explore it or anything, but that ex- at least explains her character a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Like, she watches him lock Christine in a room. Like, she just watches that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But the costumes, though. Yeah, absolutely. The costumes are very good. Okay, like- I think you asked me in the first half what my favorite costume was. My favorite costume is the one that Carlotta is wearing in the very first scene. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's she really has got, good. like, the gold paint on her face and everything. Yes. It's, it's so beautiful. So gaudy and incredible. I love her uh, prima donna outfit where yeah. she's just being run around in a couch. Yep. Yeah. Also, also and it has to be lowered in from the ceiling because it's so yep. big. <laughs> yes. That's such a pretty scene. There's so It's so pretty. I, just the cinematography. <laughs> the cinnamon photography. The cinnamon. Is beautiful. Oh, there's so <laughs> many flowers. Like you could tell they had a really big budget on this movie and they took advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad they did. Amy, what was your favorite uh, piece of the soundtrack? Because I know Joe's is the the I don't remember the name of it the the letter one. Yeah, the letter one. I don't remember what that one's called. Um, my favorite piece of the soundtrack would be um, "Point of No Return," but also mm. 
the reprise of Point No, no Return mm. with the the triple duet. Is there a word for a triple duet? But trio. like trio, a trio. It's like it's so beautiful because it's a yeah. reprise of almost every song in the musical, yeah. and it also just harmonizes so well. And everybody's yes. like, everybody in yes. that song is having their own like monologue, but it's also like a conversation as well. It's yes. Chef's yeah. kiss. It's very good. Anytime there was a a duet, I I was very there for it. Like the, yeah. the musicality of the of the harmonies was very good. Like when I think the first one that hit me was when Meg and Christine were singing about yes. the Angel of Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's one where she sings with Raul. I think about the same thing. I think it's the same song, just like later on in it. Um Yeah. But yeah, like there's and, and it starts off like what I thought was really cool about them is that like the duets in the beginning of the movie are like they're on the same page, like people are on the same page singing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then as it progresses, there's two characters singing like the opposite sides of the same coin. Yes. At the same yep. time. Yes. And yeah, but the yeah, the harmonies are always like very interesting. Yeah. Yes. I I love that the phantom songs are always somehow in a minarchy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very good. The, very the very Phantoms good. theme is so good. It's Oh, I love the Phantoms. So good. It's iconic for a reason. It is. Yes. It is. Um, right. I love All I Ask For You. Yeah, I was about to ask. <laughs> yes. It's my favorite song from, from the musical, but I do love the, the, the Point of No Return reprise where it's the culmination of the musical. You can hear all three parts, all three of them singing every single song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from the musical. But all I ask of you is an, is good because it it reflects the the start of a conversation between Raoul and Christine compared to the Phantoms, the Phantom lording over Christine and, right. and having power over her. Yeah, it's where, like this is a healthy relationship, actually. Healthier. <laughs> Healthier, I'm, yeah, because they're still I'm like gaslighting here. and using you as bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're learning about each other more. Yeah, you know, and they're talking, and they were childhood sweethearts of some sort, and they're getting to know each other again. Yeah, yeah. I I love that song. Is like one of my calm down songs. Like I listen to it to calm down sometimes because it's, <laughs> it's basically someone singing to you, like, "Hey, I'm gonna protect you. It's okay. Yeah, it's really. But then nice. you get to the end of the the song and it goes into the minor key because it's about to lead into the Phantom song. And you're like, oh no! Mm-hmm, <laughs> oh my gosh! You know what I'm talking about, Amy. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that like I I like the music in this a lot, and I think separated from the movie, like the OSC on its own would have been it would have been a completely different experience. The movie itself, I don't know. Oh, yeah. it, it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> there like there was a lot of sighing and there was a lot of like disappointment at, at what they did and didn't do um on the silver screen because i think amy early on in the movie you said something like every anytime there's dialogue it's very exciting and like that was very true but it was so sparse yeah. it was so sparse and few and far between and there were songs they could have cut or truncated um to i don't know is it just me, or is the the plot of this situation completely buck wild and untraceable? It's a musical, of course. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be fantastical and wild. <laughs> but it I can I can wild. understand the plot of Little Shop of Horrors. Like that's true. I don't have any trouble tracking what's going on. It's have a- you seen Cats? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, and my we're going to stop that you, sentence okay. yeah, there. Yeah. You make a good point. You make a good point. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, compared to But cats. no, you're right. As as a movie, this this does not make sense at all. I feel uh, like I would have preferred just having like a taping of a, you know, live. a Broadway live performance. Yeah. Uh, I... Fun, fun story. Oh, go ahead. Adrian. No, no, tell me your fun story. Um, it's it's about my parents going to see Phantom of the Opera when I was younger. They were watching it, and my dad just falls asleep sometimes, mm-hmm. um, because he's very tired. Uh, and he started falling asleep, and then the chandelier fell, and then he woke <laughs> up and with a start, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was there oh. to see this. <laughs> oh my goodness, did he think it was like? Okay, was it one of the musicals where there's an actual real chandelier in the theater, or uh-huh. was it? Oh my gosh! So he thought the sh- like the place was coming down. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I wish I was there for oh, that, but I gosh. was so young. That's real good. Yeah, that's <sighs> that's that's another thing is that like it's really also important to also see this in an actual musical in a theater because it's you know the majority of this musical is set at a at a theater so like right. actually getting to be in the theater is kind of like yeah it's a whole other experience on its own because you feel like you're really there in the story yeah. yeah that that's part of the genius of phantom because it takes place in the actual setting it's cool yeah it's real cool i <sighs> this movie is <laughs> i i I understand the plot just, it took me, okay, it took me like four times to watch it to fully understand what the heck was going on. I've watched it mm-hmm. so many times. And honestly, <laughs> it's like, I know it's, I know it's got so many problems and it's not good, but it's like my comfort food because it's oh, so Oh, for sure. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, you can... And it, there's a lot to love about it. Like, it is very charming. Like, mm-hmm. don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. Um. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, once, you, once you've once you seen it a couple of times, like, you don't care about the plot. You're just, like, uh-huh. enjoying the ride. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just enjoying the ride and the music now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I first saw saw it, I was like, I don't like this. This is bad. This, this sucks. This doesn't make sense. Where's the musical? <laughs> <laughs> I first saw it but, as a little kid, so I was just like, oh, this is cool. But yeah, I like I I like this for what it is. It could be better though. <laughs> they could have made changes. Well, I know that there's another movie version, right? That you were talking about, Ray? Oh no, I might have been lying about that. Okay. There no, probably is. Out. Probably from the eighties. <laughs> Let's see. There's never just one movie version of a musical. That's true. <laughs> there's like five versions of Godspell. Um <laughs> This might be the only film. Good. Oh, wait, hold on. Some say that the 1925 version of the movie is the best. <laughs> um, is that... I think we wrapped up a bit there? A little? I mean, yeah, we talked about the outfits. We talked about the cinnamon. We talked about the how everyone is hot. Gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't really talk about how... Let's talk more about how hot Gerard Butler is. Can we do that? <laughs> He's very hot. So, sure. Joe, would you... How hot would you rate Gerard Butler? Okay, well, it's... Very. How, how hot would you rate him as fan of the opera? Because... Like, that's the thing. is like, I, I found him less attractive in this role than in any other situation. Really? Yeah. Really? I agree yeah. with Joe. I... I, I kept saying how, like, it, it, it really blew my mind how much he looked like John Travolta. Yeah, and now, yeah, now that thought is stuck, and I'm just gonna think uh, of that every time I see uh, it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ruined this movie for it's you. Okay. It's okay because he's he's still a hotter version of John Travolta. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just okay. okay. He's hot, 
and he he's wearing like you know like he's wearing high-waisted pants in a white ruffled shirt and his hair is pushed <laughs> back and he's disheveled and unhinged and that is hot i i disagree when it, when his mask came off i was like okay you could comb your hair maybe no when his mask came off i was like heck yes oh man i care not either way um let's (laughs) joe would you recommend this movie to somebody who has never seen it before now that you've seen it without the lens of nostalgia that amy and i don't have i do (laughs) i i can't uh i can't say that i would would you recommend this music to somebody yes, who hasn't absolutely. heard it before? <laughs> I would. I I look forward to listening to the OST and getting to know these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Heck yeah, that's good um, enough for me. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and like, there's a lot of interesting things that the movie does that I think is worthwhile, especially like Amy has said, the cinematography and some of the like really interesting shots that they do and the colorization and the the first Symbolism. shot of the the. The, the symbolism. chandelier rising from the the ground and going backward in time is so cool. Yeah. While the organ comes in. Yes. It's so good. Yes, it is. And after you get over the weirdness of the of the River Styx sewer catacombs under the opera house. <laughs> it's France. Of course they have one. It's yeah. France. There's underground tunnels. Yeah. That nobody knows about except for the Phantom. Um but after you get over the weirdness of it, it's it's really cool. It is really striking. But as a movie, it did not hold my interest. <laughs> okay. I I feel similarly. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Amy. It's okay. Amy, I still love it. it I don't hate it as much anymore. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching it with the two of you. But if I, I imagine like myself watching this on my own, um, I... I don't know that I would have been. You would be yelling at the TV. (laughs) (laughs) If someone recommended this to me and then I watched it and went back to them, I would be like, "Mm, no thanks. (laughs) Amy, I will sing songs from Phantom of the Opera with you anytime. Thank you. I'll hold you to that. I expect that. I'll learn them. I'll learn them and join the two. All right. And then we can do the final song together. Yes. Yes. Because I've been doing all three parts in my shower and it's kind of hard. (laughs) It's hard to do that, isn't it? Yeah. But I'm I'm really good at it. (laughs) I call Raul. You want to be Raul? Yes. Okay. I want to be be... Phantom. Thank you. I want to be Christine. Perfect. Yes. It's all sorted out. (laughs) All right. Uh, Joe, wrap it up. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. Well, <laughs> this is kind of backwards now, isn't it? Thank yeah. you, listeners, so much for listening to this episode. Thank you, Amy and Ray, for showing this movie to me. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a riot. <laughs> it was a good time. Um, thank you for watching it with us. Thank you once again, Amy, for joining us on Mock Footage. Um, where can people find more of you and your your flavor online? Well. If you like podcasts specifically about me talking about the things I like, then <laughs> you would you'd like to know that I have a podcast with my friend Mars, who you might know if you know Lunar Light Studio stuff. Um, and we have a podcast and it's called Enchanting Aspects, where uh, every episode we each talk about a specific aspect of the stuff that we like in TV shows, movies, video games, etc. Um, we upload every Monday. 
and we're like 11 episodes in and um, it's real good and i'm really proud of it and so check that out it's on like <laughs> itunes and spotify it's called enchanting aspects um i if you want to hit me up i'm on twitter at pixelame art um i also stream sometimes on twitch at pixelame uh yeah that's about it i draw sometimes <laughs> Yes. Hire me. Heck yeah. They, they... <laughs> I I am gonna hire you for a thing. I had this idea right now. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> it's related. I'm gonna commission you to d- draw the three of us as Raul, the Phantom, and Christine. Oh my oh, gosh. Really? Oh my gosh, yes. That's the best thing that I could ever draw. Yes, please. Absolutely. <laughs> commission Amy, they're wonderful and their art is amazing because like i just did this is an advertisement <laughs> this is an advertisement for amy now I mean, we've gotten you here um i know that's not what you thought this episode was about but yeah. listen that's what it was about the whole time this even though you scheme. didn't know <laughs> um all right i think i think that about does it for us oh actually i do have to plug our show stuff real quick you can find us on twitter at mock footage you can send an email to mock footage at gmail.com let us know what you think of the show let us know if there's a specific movie you want us to cover, and we will try to do that with some kind of expediency. Um, I think now it's time for us to find our favorite line from the movie, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that decision up to the two of you. Um, I have hmm. a favorite line. Yes, it's from what It's from the last song, kind of. It's uh, Christine sings it. Um, this haunted face holds no horror for me now. It's in your soul that the true distortion lies. Oh, yeah, and then she—it was a good mic drop. It, it is, yes. Good. yeah, yes. That's one of my favorite. I lines. was waiting for that the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just waiting for Christine to say it. <laughs> it's not that you're ugly on the outside. Yeah, it's that you've literally murdered people in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I saw you hang a man, and I'm not okay with that. <laughs> Like, listen, you're hot, but not that hot. (laughs) (laughs) Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Hey, Miles. Hey, Moz. I'd like to challenge you to find a song that you only heard once when you were a kid. Mm. Okay, but I have a challenge for you, Mars. Oh, okay. I want you to find a song that was made by a celebrity. Oh, that's funny, because I'd like you to find a song that has a Pokemon in it. Oh, well, that's a real coincidence, because I want you to find a D&D song. Wait, 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 wait. We, we, we do not have time to talk about all of these songs. This is a promo. Oh, dang it, you're right. Okay, all right. Where can we go and where can people go to talk about the songs that go with these themes? Well, they could always go and listen to Artificial Ghost Radio. Artificial Ghost Radio? Ooh, what's that? It sounds like a podcast that we might do. It could be potentially a podcast that the both of us do. Wouldn't that be a weird coincidence? As if we wouldn't just have a conversation like this in real life. Well, this is a totally natural dialogue. This is a natural dialogue that we have, naturally. Each episode on Artificial Ghost Radio, we challenge each other to find songs that fit extremely arbitrary themes. Oh, now that sounds interesting. 
But that can't be all they do. We also do this fun little segment by the name of The Wheel of Discord. The Wheel of Discord. And you want to know what we do on the Wheel of Discord? What do we do with the Wheel of Discord? We shuffle our music player of choice and we are forced to talk about whatever song comes up. That is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Where can this podcast be found? And when can this podcast be found? You can find us each and every Saturday on Lunar Light Studio. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Or Sunday if you're in Australia. Or Sunday if you're with all the other cool people.